there. Welcome. Episode 23 of the Jill Power Podcast with me. I'm glad you're here. This week, we have a very exciting guest. I mean, all of my guests are exciting, but this one particularly so. We're going to chat with Sky Sweetham of Sumo Psycho. That's a band that's been on the go for the past 10 years, but if you recognize her name, it might be because she was a pop punk sensation in the early 2000s, perhaps best known for songs like this. That's Billy S. Sky Sweetnam is the singer of that, and she's also the singer in Sumo Psycho. They're going to chat about who they are, how they got started 10 years ago, what their life has been like since then, and their upcoming album that's going to be out in May. Without further ado, I'm very excited to jump right into it. Here is Sumo Psycho. I actually met my the co-founder of the band, Matt, uh, when I was 14 years old, I was auditioning a bunch of musicians from Hamilton to be part of my band. I was signed as a solo act, and I needed a backing band. And I auditioned this one guy who I remember had these like bright yellow sunglasses on, and he was pretending to skateboard on a gear cart. <laughs> and I remember it vividly because he was like the jokester of all the guys that came to audition. And he ended up, uh, you know, blowing us away. And I toured with Matt for years, and with Ken. Um, the, ba- the original bass player of Sumo Psycho. We were, uh, you know, toured the world together for a bunch of years between, you know, when I was 15 to like 17 years old and became really good friends with these guys as kind of like my backing band. And they really influenced me as far as music and, uh, you know, what it was to be kind of like, um, you know, punk- in a punk rock or a rock band, kind of doing the whole touring thing and writing music. I remember Matt had his first laptop on the road and he would be making songs in between tour stops so I really admired these guys and when um years passed and I kind of lost touch with Matt actually and then we got together just to kind of hang out reconnect he played me some music and he played me this one band in particular that just sparked my interest right away it's a band called Skindred out of UK and I was at that time I was feeling a little lost in, in my musical direction I guess you could call it and uh this, this band kind of inspired me and I kind of asked Matt, you know, do you want to try writing some songs again? And we kind of started doing a little bit more of like a heavier sound. And I, I had gone through a lot in, in kind of my teen years that I, I wanted to kind of experiment a little bit more with some different types of genres and some heavier sounds. And when we built out a few songs, we called Kenny, who was the OG bass player and our buddy legs who had played uh, drums for me, and he ended up getting a job with Every Time I Die. So he ended up kind of going off to do that, which was awesome, because that's an awesome band. (laughs) And then the more recent two guys, uh, we were... In a, in a spot where Ken Ken was Ken or Thor we call him that's his actual real middle name if you can believe it but uh, he uh, he needed to do some stuff wasn't ready to go around on the tour for another bunch of months so we had to find somebody pretty quickly and we kind of asked around the scene and we had a few mutual friends in the business and kind of came across Oscar and Trozy on two different occasions that. Uh, that kind of were the perfect fit. They came in and played for us kind of like a mini audition to make sure they could pull off the songs. And then 
literally with Oscar, I think it was, we met him or we got him over to the studio and then four days later we left on tour. So it was a pretty quick, quick thing. And kind of, it was a trial, trial tour at the beginning to make sure we all, all, all fit together, but then ended up working out. So you started out, like you said, doing kind of your solo career in the early 2000s. What was it like for you to transition from, you know, doing Sky Sweetnam to suddenly being in a band, Sumo Psycho? Well, I think from the outside perspective, because the genres of Sumo Psycho and Sky Sweetnam were so different, it almost seems like I had like, you know, a light switch just went off and I'm like, oh, I like heavy music now. But (laughs) it was that way, like I, like I said, when I was hanging out with the guys on tour, you know, they would play me like all these really cool bands, you know, Faith No More and Refused and we'd air drum to like Metallica and like. You know, we would just like hang out and I'd listen to stuff and get influenced. And I remember specifically, too, I had the one of the president of EMI France. I was having like this fancy dinner with the president of EMI France in, in Paris. And uh, he stopped the whole dinner when he realized I didn't have any Pantera records and went across <laughs> to the local record store and bought me like an entire catalog of, of Pantera. So I've had all these kind of moments. You know, I got to work with Tim Armstrong from Rancid. I got to work with Mark Hoppus from Blink-182. I got to work with the producer of Tragic Kingdom, uh, No Doubt's, one of my favorite records from No Doubt, uh, Matt Wilder, who also happened to do the Mulan soundtrack for the original Mm. Disney movie, as another fun fact. But uh, yeah, I got to work with him. So all these different people that I kind of came across in my life were kind of always kind of showing me new sides. And I just kept getting more and more intrigued about heavy music and I think it was, it was just an ongoing evolution. And then once Matt kind of played me uh, a few of his favorite bands, uh, when we were hanging out, I was like, man, I really found the perfect blend is when I can make someone dance and headbang at the same time. And I think (laughs) that that's, that's when I was like, okay, that I can, I can do this. Like, I think I got, I I found the niche that I want to kind of like go for. That's and, the ultimate uh, goal. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Love it. I want to spin some of your tunes so that the audience can kind of get a sense of what your music sounds like. Can you tell me about your song Vertigo? Yeah, so Vertigo was written in Vegas in 2019. Uh, Matt and I went down there to work with a producer, which is a little bit different for us because we're normally recording from our home studio. And uh, I guess when we went to work with Kane, so his name's Kane Cherko, he's quite a notable producer. He's worked with lots of artists like Papa Roach and In This Moment. And when we went down to Vegas, he has this gorgeous recording studio with his father. And it's called Hideout Recording Studio. And uh, kind of had a little bit of that, you know, I think what people picture when they go to record a record. You know, we rented this, you know, awesome Dodge Charger from the Las Vegas airport. And we're cruising into Las Vegas, sunshining, go to this awesome studio. We're partying on the strip at night. Like, it's very felt very fun party rock star moment when usually most of the songs are written in our PJs in our, you know, our home studio. So we kind of enjoyed the moment and created, I think a song that really showed how much fun that we were having when we wrote it. Yeah. 
originate from Hamilton, Ontario. How would you say Hamilton has sort of influenced your sound, if it has at all? Yeah, well, not only is Hamilton Steel City, it's also like Rock City to me. It has uh, just this grit, and because it's like, you know, just outside of Toronto, I find a lot of artists move to Hamilton because it's a little cheaper than... um, than living in Toronto. So you end up having like a lot of cool, interesting people, you know, super crawl is one event that happens in, in Hamilton usually, you know, when there's not a pandemic happening, but <laughs> where, you know, the streets are just filled with music and art and food. And it really gets a good sense of the Hamilton culture. And, um, you know, having so many bandmates that kind of grew up here and started bands here, it really does the music industry in Hamilton. And, and I think Burlington too kind of crosses over, but um, it just feels like everyone kind of knows each other. You just have this kind of, you walk into a venue, a rock venue, and it's, it's more than likely that there's going to be five or six, you know, friends that are just going to be there because they're just, you know, in that scene, you know, and it feels really cool to have that type of, community that I don't think everybody in every community has. And I think that live music has still kind of kept that in-person 
uh, feeling of community together that I think sometimes gets lost with social media, that people don't have as many, you know, they're not going to their local community centers or things like that to, to socialize, whereas rock shows is like a perfect place where everyone can kind of meet up and see the same faces come around and things like that. So over the past 10 years, you guys have done a lot of really, really cool stuff from shows to, you know, making albums and that stuff. What would you say is your greatest achievement as a band? Oh, man, that's a tough question. But I mean, still existing right now with everything that, you know, the industry has been through with everything that the pandemic has put us through. I think just being here right now and still going strong, releasing a record is quite a testament for how much of a relentless spirit that we have and how, how much grit we have to to hold on through, through the bumpy waters. I mean, to put it in perspective, you know, last, uh, January, so the January 2020, uh, we had our last tour before the pandemic hit. And during this tour, we were touring um, in uh, in the northern states out out west. So uh, I think we were heading across like the Midwest states over to uh, Seattle, Portland area. And in this time, I had gotten super super sick, super flu. Maybe I had Corona. I don't know, but it was too early. <laughs> to tell because it was like in January I was super super sick and our van broke down in the middle of Nebraska we had nowhere to to go we had to there was no rental places anywhere so we had to get a U-Haul and totally illegally which I would not recommend (laughs) because the the only U-Haul they had only had three seats in the front that one person had to be stuck in the back with all the gear And it was freezing. It was a freezing blizzard storm. (laughs) And we're literally on the highway trying to make it to the next gig. And I'm completely sick. So, you know, if you can imagine, and then the highway gets closed for 12 hours. So we're, you know, freezing our butts off sick on a, on a, stuck on a highway with no like rest stops nearby. We had to hike a mile in the snow back from the highway to go to the nearest, like, uh, place where there was heat which was just like a small little washroom they didn't even have any restaurants it was just like a vending machine and washrooms and these are the types of situations that we put ourselves into where I question myself and say why am I doing this again (laughs) and and you push through because you realize like the show must go on and eventually you figure it out you find another van other bands help you and pick you up at the truck stop and you figure it out and you make it work. And, you know, getting through those moments and getting on the other side, I think is a test for every single band that's out there. And, and, uh, if, if, if bands are strong enough to make it through moments like that, like you're just, you can, you can do anything really. I think. Tell me about your song run with the giants. So run with the giants is a bit of a kind of a, we are the champions, I guess song in a way it has that, vibe of like hey we made it we're running with some of the you know the big names in the industry and I think that's how we felt when we were able to secure download festival which is a big UK festival and it's something that had been on our bucket list for a while and you know hugest bands in the world tool to slipknot to you name it we're headlining this festival and in UK, because of the fact that uh, so many of the cities in, in England and, and Scotland and Wales are at least, you know, within most, give or take, six hours from each other, a lot of people will travel in 
to this one big festival, which means the crowds are huge compared to like festivals that we have in North America because people I don't find are as willing to travel as far. So usually the festivals are more local to, to the one or two cities that in surrounding areas. But over there, it's like the whole country comes out to this festival. And, uh, and you know, when you're playing with bands like that, we were just like, you know, this is so cool that we're able to run with these guys. And it's, it's a song about trying to keep your eye on the prize and, you know, having that moment where you feel like you've kind of, you know, you're standing in front of a crowd of 10,000 people and you're like, wow, we really are doing what we set out to do. It's kind of, you know, one of those moments that you're you can just try to breathe it all in and, and not let that moment go.
you mentioned earlier you have your new album, Initiation, coming out in May. Can you give us a little glimpse of what can, we can expect from that release? Yeah, so Initiation, I find I usually describe Sumo Psycho as, you know, really catchy pop melodies disguised in absolute chaos. So for me, it's all about mixing genres. It's about playing, uh, a, you know, a bass line that's reggae, a guitar line that's punk, drums that are, you know, doing a dance hall rhythm and me, you know, screaming over top. You know, it's, it, it's about mixing all those different vibes and feelings at the same time. And I think it was a reviewer in New Zealand, actually, that it actually ended up not liking our band very much, but he described it perfectly. He said, these four members should be all in different bands <laughs> because it felt like the four of us were always playing, you know, what you don't expect. You expect when it drops into like a heavy part that, you know, all of us go heavy and all of us are screaming, but we always like to switch it up. And, you know, if, if, if the guitar is heavy, I'm singing like, you know, a reggae, a reggae part. And that's how we, we define ourselves is, is not being predictable. And that's why we, we named ourselves sumo psycho for a reason. Cause we wanted to be, you know, big, powerful, in your face but also a little crazy off the wall and unpredictable and um that's what we try to accomplish with this record initiation give you some peaks and valleys and really take you on a journey that has every emotion that i think people have felt in this in this time struggle you know depression anxiety um but also shine some hope a little light at the end of the tunnel because at the end of the day, I find the best thing to do in music is to make people feel empowered and to make people feel like they're not alone, but that they can do something about it. And uh, and that's, uh, you know, what I attempt to do with, with everything I do is, is try to put a little bit of positivity in everything. And uh, yeah, hope people enjoy the record. Hold up, hold up, don't look over your shoulder. Just keep your composure. Not any sudden movements now. Show your emotion, don't side out commotion. They sense your sense, relax somehow. Chain reaction is getting traction. Waited with bated breath for the word from the faction. Will you jump in the air? 